This is a Federal News Network podcast. If you thought the year-long pandemic would have a depressing effect on military recruitment and the ability of the armed services to field their promised end strength, well, you'd be wrong. That's not to say recruitment was easy, but the armed services have held their own. We get more now from DOD reporters Scott Mossioni and Jared Serbu. Jared, we'll start with you on the end strength and COVID. Looks like they came through it okay on the armed services. Yeah, remember toward the beginning of the pandemic, there really was a lot of concern about the fact that it, it, it just made recruiting difficult and it made initial entry processing also extremely difficult. So there really were questions about how the military services were going to come through this and how it would impact overall end strength. And the answer by the end of calendar year 2020 was not much. In fact, when you look at the latest data from the Defense Manpower Data Center, uh, the active duty force is actually up slightly from the, the, the same period a year ago by just about 7,000 members. Um, And and it's true in basically every service. You have to really squint to look at any differences compared to the end of 2019. And the only services that are actually down a few members are the Marine Corps and the Coast Guard. The Marines had 4,900 fewer Marines than uh, December 31st of 2019. Coast Guard down just a few hundred. Meanwhile, the Navy, Air Force, and Army all up from the end of 2019. The reason? Just Extremely high retention, near record levels of retention, obviously because of the difficult economy out there. Fewer people want to leave. And uh, the, the, the upshot here, Tom, is that the congressional, congressionally mandated end strength levels, the Air Force and the Navy especially, are really pressing up against those. So they have started to take some actions to actually try to get people to leave early voluntarily. I think that's the thing people miss a lot is that the DOD, despite having a stable end strength, needs constant turnover, people coming in and people going out the top. Super important point. I mean, it's like a big funnel and it needs to keep moving all of the time. There is not really much room in the military personnel system for stagnation. And that's really going to be one of the interesting things to watch over the next couple years, because there have been fewer people coming into the top of the funnel and more people sticking around. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see what that does to the pipeline, to the conveyor belt in the in the coming years. That is why the Navy and the Air Force are taking some of these actions, especially in certain, as they call them, AFS seas in the Air Force and ratings in the Navy to try to get those particular job specialties healthy, as they say. And nobody wants to stand up with 200,000 50-year-old captains, I guess. That's and, exactly right. And let's uh, switch gears here a minute, Scott. And you have written about the IC, the intelligence community, and 20 years of innovation research granting there's some real progress there. Yeah, they're, they're really just trying to find innovative ways to help postdoctoral students come to the IC, you know, work on some of their projects. And they do this all in an unclassified setting. So it doesn't only help the IC, but it has the opportunity to help the world writ large as well. Um, you know, some of the things that they're working on, robots, artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and all those other fun sort of sci-fi type technologies. As you said, it's the 20th year of the program, what it's officially called is the Intelligence Community's Postdoctoral Research Fellowship. And it's something that the ODNI goes out and talks to all the members, all 18 members of the IC, and asks them, what do you want people to work on? And from there, they create these grants, they send them out to all of academia and say, you know, would you like to come and work on this? We'll help you with a, a grant opportunity. Now, this is only open to U.S. citizens. And right now, they're, they're taking their 2021 research opportunities out into the world and asking what people would be interested in working on. So if you are a postdoctoral research person, uh, February 26th is the deadline for that. 
you know, I think over the years they've made a lot of progress with things. Uh, right now they have pr- programs that look at repairing satellites, doing complex uh, complex uh, manipulation tasks with their logarithms and everything else you can really think of that sounds, uh, you know, exciting and, and new, like DOD is trying to get into. And I'm looking at a Bloomberg government analysis of artificial intelligence and machine learning spending, which keeps rising. And I would say that 75 percent of it is the Defense Department. So now we know where a lot of it's going. That's right. I mean, we, we know the Defense Department's been wanting to work with AI for a very long time right now. And at this point, they have the Jake, which is the Joint Artificial Intelligence center that center is tasked really with bringing ai down from the top and injecting it into dod and in every level possible and that's that's so that they can create ai as really the way we think of electricity you walk into a room you turn on uh, the light switch and you don't think anything about it that's how dod wants ai to be infiltrated within every aspect of its uh, its being and your source for this, John Beeler, the Director of Science and Technology for the ODNI, talks about artificial intelligence and robotics in space. So it seems like maybe the new Space Command is going to be a big source of that type of spending. Uh, it's definitely a possibility. DOD's putting a lot of money in space and AI, as we know. Uh, so, you know, the Space Force is definitely doing a lot. The uh, Space Command is doing a lot. And right now they're just really figuring out a lot of the issues, but they're definitely not stopping the investments. And Scott, let's wind up with something that can probably only happen in the Zoom age, and that is 200 Army ROTC cadets got some advice online from 16 generals all at once. Yeah, well, you know, it was one day of really interesting leadership mentoring for for ROTC cadets. And what they really got was something that's been happening for the past four years, actually in person. So not just the Zoom age, uh, every university from the University of Maryland to Howard University, there are 19 uh, colleges in total. And they really just had these top generals come and just give them a little piece of advice so that they can sort of form the future force and create some leaders for the next age. Now, one of the things that that the army is trying to do is really uh, reach out to Generation Z. That's the you know most the latest generation that's coming of age right now. And what what they're trying to do is connect in ways that they maybe haven't before. And that one of those things is really talking to leaders about, you know, just issues of, of life, about race, about diversity, about social media, about all those different things that Generation Z cares about. The Army's really making a push to be more people-centered, and this is one of the ways they're doing it. Federal News Network's Scott Mossioni and Jared Serbu, their latest DOD Reporter's Notebook, now online at federalnewsnetwork.com. Helping your employees learn new cloud skills helps your business become more agile, more resilient, and more secure. Not helping employees learn new cloud skills causes your business to become less agile, less resilient, less secure, less innovative, less profitable, and, well, ultimately less of a business. Don't become less of a business. Try Pluralsight and get your employees everything they need to learn new cloud skills. Learn more at Pluralsight.com vision. A financial plan isn't just about money. It's about what matters most to you, like protecting your family, supporting your community, and building a legacy for future generations. At Northwestern Mutual, we start with a conversation about the life you want to live now and years from now. Whether you're paying down debt, saving for college, or planning for retirement, we have an eye on your bigger picture. Get access to our financial expertise at harlem.nm.com. The Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance Company, headquartered in Milwaukee, Wisconsin.